Wow, they actually... Oh, no. Was Kevin Bacon even in the second one? Nope, that was Christian Slater. That explains why I don't remember <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm invisible now. <laughs> Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right! Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout. 24-hour quick drop return. Open late every night. When you rent videos during the week, you have five more nights to catch up on all the movies you might have missed. Isn't that a nice reward for working like a dog? The last time I saw a movie for a dollar, theaters still had balconies for people to neck in. You can buy DVDs starting at $4.99 or rent from 99 cents. Right now, rent Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Cobra for just a dollar a day each. Well, the perfect video store is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. And uh, bring your own wheelbarrow. It's that time again. Welcome to Block Bastards. I'm your host, Kent. With me, as always, is the scrubs to my community, Brian. <laughs> How have you been? That's my favorite part of these shows every week, every time is to hear what analogy you're going to use for us. Uh, I approve. Okay, I continue. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a almost a month, so yeah. we certainly have some things to talk about now. Hopefully, not all of it's completely out of date, but... If you have been keeping on our feed, you'll notice that a new episode of Isla Damned came out two weeks ago. We talked about yes. Shazam, Us, and some other things as well. So remember to check that if, if you have not already done so. But right now, we'll go ahead and head towards the recommendation portion. Don't hesitate to ask your video retailer for suggestions. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? In addition to the movies you already know, he can recommend many lesser-known films you're bound to enjoy. They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Yeah, Ken, you, you're, it's your week for recommendation. What, what do you recommend? Well, it's going to be a little bit tough for me to make this recommendation, not because I didn't like the movie. I actually really did. But because I recommend going into it knowing as little as possible and just sort of letting it happen in front of you. The movie hmm. is called One Cut of the Dead. I bought the UK Blu-ray. As far as I know, it still has not been officially released in the US. I think that Shudder got the rights to it, which is a little bit weird because apparently in December... It accidentally got put up on Amazon's streaming huh. for just a bit and then was taken down in less than 24 hours. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Actually, I don't need to laugh. But it's, yeah. kind of... uh, it's a huge movie in Japan, made a whole bunch of money on a tiny budget. I just don't want to say anything about it because the more I talk about it, the the less entertaining it would probably be. Like, I don't recommend seeing any trailers, mm -hmm. any, any, uh, or even reading the box for the damn thing. Just, when you get the opportunity, get hold of it, sit down, watch the whole thing without any breaks, without, like, stopping and coming back later, because you need to experience it in one go. It is such 
a fun movie that is really outside of the realm of what you'll probably expect if you don't know anything about it ahead of time. Hmm. So, yeah, like I said, a little tough for me to <laughs> to talk about it without actually talking about it in this case. Gotcha. So maybe a little bit later on I can talk about it a little bit in our return slot where you can skip past a little bit if you don't want to know about it. So, All right. All right. Uh, let's move on to news and hit the break room. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. Ooh, Navy SEALs! Stop motion animation is uh, a little bit weird at this point because some of it makes money, but a lot of it doesn't. I don't know what the deal is, but <laughs> Artem Animation from Great Britain, the people behind Wallace and Gromit, and the uh, Shaun the Sheep movie, and uh, those sorts of things. They, they sort of have their own visual style. Last year, they came out with that movie, Early Man, which I had not seen. Apparently, it was like a sports movie in disguise or something. I don't, I'm not completely sure. Mm. But one of their biggest hits was very early on when they started making movies with Chicken Run. And <laughs> word has it that a much belated sequel will be coming in the near future. No word on whether they will ask Mel Gibson to reprise his role as the rooster. I was thinking that was my first thought. <laughs> What's, what was that going to be? Because, uh, I mean, that's how long ago Chicken Run came out. Mel Gibson was not a, a controversial character at that point, which is so yeah. sad. It's <laughs> how and, long it's been. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters either, so. Really? I think I've seen it, like, once, maybe, since it's been on, like, you know, on TV or streaming, wherever it was. But, um, yeah, it... It's okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it, but it's sort of in the middle there somewhere. But yeah, it seems very belated to have um, the, the sequel now. Mm. There's always room for sequels. Yeah, I was gonna, and based on what I remember about it, I'm a little bit surprised they have a sequel because it seemed like the story didn't necessarily lend itself to one. But I guess we'll see what they have in mind. Oh, speaking yeah. of Mel, uh, he starred with fellow highly praised and personally volatile actor Sean Penn in a movie called The Professor and the Madman about the creation of the Oxford Dictionary. Apparently, the uh, studio behind the film took it away from the director, who is not Mel Gibson, and made a lot of changes to it, which has Mel very upset. So oh, no. Okay. He's, he's saying that uh, you might as well not see it because it's not the version that they intended, etc., etc. It's always kind of sad when that happens. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, Knights of Bad Astem is one like that where that. Oh happened. wow! I forgot about wow, dude. That <laughs> where I saw the trailer and I was really excited for it, but then yeah. apparently it was taken away by the. It's the, not. Yeah, good. the people who yeah. invested in it and they completely changed it. Yeah, not very good, unfortunately. In the and they just product. slapped it on streaming service and DVD, and it was just like, well, this was not that cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was something that had a lot of promise, but not a lot of follow-through. Alright, right, let's get to some casting news. Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand will be starring in an adaptation of Macbeth for Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. So that should be an interesting take. That is interesting. 
more importantly, William Sadler will be back as death in Righteous. Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Get Old. Yeah. I can't do a good Bill and Ted. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, that's uh, I kind of figured because I know he had said that he wanted to come back and they hadn't said anything, but I know this is officially confirmed. I mean, I would assume anyone that wants to come back from those first two movies that's still living will probably be very well uh, invited back. So Yeah, I mean, obviously not George Carlin, but hopefully they'll no. the princesses and that's what i was thinking i'm like I, it's funny you mentioned that because we'll get to it later in the show but um i rewatched the first one a couple weeks ago i was looking up the people who played the, the girls with the princesses and i'm like one of them never acted again and married one of the like a into like a like a producer or something from one of the movies and then like the other one barely did any acting so it's kind of funny well, there wasn't the more. other one was the french girl from better off dead Oh yes, that was that was the other one. Yes, yes, that's the other thing. I was like, oh wow, she like didn't even realize that. Yes, and that was like her big breakout role. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. You're right. So, but the good thing with William Sadler, it's like he's giving you sort of so much makeup playing death. It doesn't really matter what you look like. You know, yeah. you know age is not going to affect. I'll tell you what, Matt. Well, he was a great part of the second movie, and I'm really glad that he's going to be back. What I really enjoyed after those movies came out is Marvel actually had a Bill and Ted comic book series. I heard about this recently. I had no idea that existed. I, yeah, I knew there was uh, a cartoon. I knew I did not know that there was ever a comic book series. I knew there was a TV, like a, a serial and like action figures and stuff, which blew my mind. You think about that? Mm -hmm. You watch that first movie and you're like, really? But <laughs> <laughs> well, the comic was by Evan Dorkin, the creator For of Dork, and Welcome to Eltingville and Milk and Cheese. I was going to say Milk and Cheese is the one thing I remember. Wow, that's yeah, great. and it was actually pretty great. I. I read a lot of it over and over again because just not only was his art fantastic, but the writing was pretty spot on, and Death was a great character in that too. So that's cool. I I am definitely looking forward to the third one. I just hope it's not too depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Look how old everyone's gotten. No. <laughs> All right. Well, continuing on, Dave Bautista will be starring in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which still seems like a weird title to me, given it's a heist <laughs> movie with zombies, but que sera, sera. <laughs> It is Zack Snyder. Yeah, <laughs> and speaking of him, he says there oh. is a Snyder cut of Justice League, because apparently he was <gasps> trying to crank up a bunch of brain-damaged Nolan disciples who still want to see it. <laughs> it's like the worst possible thing he could have done, because now it's like, look, <laughs> it's possible! Why are you not doing it, Warner Brothers? And I'm like, oh my god! Well, he didn't elaborate on it at all. I think oh. it was just like a thing on Twitter where he was like real cryptic about it or whatever. Dude, but he's using his he's doing his usual shit. Like we, I think we talked about the last episode. He just like tries to like get a rise out of comic book fans or fans in general, where he just like yeah. says things to try to get whatever. Like, dude, get over it. it. Times passed. They're not even, like, that universe is pretty much dead at this point. Don't worry about it. But, oh no, guess what? We, he doesn't talk, like you said, there was no explanation, no details. So it's just like dangling the carrot. So know? for all we know, they never finished a lot of the expensive effects, and it would cost millions of dollars to yeah. finish quote, why quote his Warner cut, Brothers... so we'll still never see it. Exactly. Why would Warner Brothers put in all this money to something that they have no. They have, if they wanted that, they would have kept them on the movie in the first place. And not, yeah. You know, I mean, is it like, possible they could do like a work print version without the effects? I mean, I, that would be interesting I mean, from a academic point of view. You, but have you ever seen? I know you're not a fan of the movies, but have you ever seen the 
Superman 2 Donner cut, I mean, that's like a work print kind of thing where they're using like screen tests and stuff and it, it, it it's hard to watch. It's like, yeah. people really want that for for his version of Justice League because it's like, that's what you're going to get. Like, just, mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be Especially more since it's 99% green screen. I was just going to say it's going to be a bunch of people standing in front of green screens with freaking motion captures and stuff on. So, I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Alright, and might as well just keep the association train rolling here. The first announcement in the Shazam sequel has been made, where they are bringing back the writer from the original film. Uh, The director is expected to return, but we haven't heard anything from Warner Brothers officially about that. So I'd, I'd be I'd be very surprised if he doesn't because um, yeah. I, I, I don't know I, I I feel that it's like a slam dunk kind of thing, kind of like Wonder Woman, where it's like it was it yeah. did a lot better than people expected and it was critically acclaimed. So why why not? I mean, maybe not, but you know. yeah, I mean, I still don't get some of the decisions that they made oh, yeah. with that film, but I'm fine with it because it was still a darn likable movie. And if you right. listen to our last episode, you'll know that we recommended it so (laughs) all right when it comes to sequels and writers of sequels we also have some news about a movie i did not technically expect to get a sequel which is tomb raider yeah the tomb raider reboot to be precise but what they've done is they have tapped frequent ben wheatley collaborator amy jump who wrote free fire and high rise which are two films that i thought were good to go ahead and write that so maybe that'll make a difference yeah i mean it's i didn't hate the new movie but it lacked a lot of the stuff that made the new video games so good but maybe this uh, i mean they did set it up for a sequel but obviously it did so bad that i was like there's no way we're ever gonna get a sequel this this is definitely shocking news well uh, and the, so, the so, setup for the sequel was one of the worst parts of the movie <laughs> Right. But the fact that we're technically getting one, I mean, I, and I, I think with a better script, her name's escaping me at the Alicia time. The, thank you. Who played Tomb Raider, I think, or Lara Croft, you want to call it. I think she's fine in as as the role. It's just that that script was not, didn't exactly do her any, give her any help, you know, in that role. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully this will be a much better movie because I think there is a solid story to be told based on the the revamp rebooted uh, video game of Tomb Raider so mm-hmm. all right next up we have some big voice acting news which is something you probably don't hear too often but Mark Hamill who is still the best joker has <laughs> been confirmed as the voice of Chucky in the new remake of Child's Play with Aubrey Plaza Yes, and it's. I've saw the trailer, which we'll talk about maybe in a, in a couple minutes. But yeah, it's weird because um, the voice escapes me. I'm, I'm doing really bad. Uh, Brad something was the guy that always did Chucky in the old movies up until like through the seventh movie, like always the same. And it's weird hearing a different voice come from Chucky, but it's not bad because it's Mark Hamill and he can pretty much make anything so good. <laughs> Again, I don't know rebooting Child's Play is like the best idea considering they've done like 15 attempts of that in the in the original franchise of like connecting it. But uh, they did one a couple years ago, like Cult of Chucky, that was supposed to be a reboot and uh, mm-hmm. or soft reboot. And this one is like obviously a real hard reboot. But again, it's just like. To me, and this is going to sound for any of those fans of those movies, don't hurt me. Um, but like to me, I was never scared as a kid because it's just like it's a doll. You kick it in the head, like it's a running, it's a little miniature doll with a knife. You it's like 
Like, I had a friend who had a My Buddy who was freaked out by the movie, but, like, to mm-hmm. me, I never had one, so I wasn't scared, and I was like, dude, it's a freaking doll. You just kick it in the head and just run away. Like, yeah. I don't know. I never got the, like, scariness of it. Like, oh, it's your mm-hmm. friend, but it's, it's a doll, but it's coming to life to kill you. I don't know. It's, yeah. like, well, and the, the thing that's most disappointing to me about it I, is the fact that the original was written by guy named Don Mancini, and he proceeded yes. to write every single other yes. Child's Vulture. Play movie yes. up to Cult of Chucky, and this exactly. is the first of the entire series that is not written by him. Right. So this is like a definitely we're taking a we're taking a new chance now, and it's like I don't think it's going to be that successful. To me, it's like you're using the exact same. We'll talk about the trailer now. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, they're using the exact same storyline, the exact same kind of thing, from what I can see. And it's just like, I don't know it's anything different. They're just giving it, uh, you know, a, well, he, let's he's be AI instead of a serial killer. Right. And you've got Aubrey Plaza, who in their mind is a bigger name than a lot of these people that were in the, you know, prior ones because they were not exactly big named actor. It's not that she's a big name, but she's a, you know, you can put it in the theaters. And Mark Hamill as well, but it's just like, yeah, it doesn't really. It's the same thing. It's a kid fighting his doll, who's trying to, and no one believes him that his doll came to life, and I go to the AI, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, it's still to me, it's kind of like, don't think it's gonna work. It's kind of like when they did the Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, tried to reboot that, where it's like, unless you're the original creator, I don't think you get it. And I'm not well, saying if the original Child's Play was like Shakespeare, but I mean, true. He but said, the, the here's the thing about that series, though, is it's almost crazy that the same person wrote all of them because he reinvented the series that's, that's, that's a good more point. than that's once. A, yeah, and that, that I didn't, I was trying to say that before and I didn't, you said it much better than I did, like, yeah, like, they took it into a real comedy satire place when they got to, like, Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky and then, like, they tried, like you said, again, tried to revamp it with Cult of Chucky, so, like, it wasn't like they were just like, we're going to keep making the same movie over and over again. So now it's just like, well, we're going back and trying to make the original again, which to me just seems kind of like, uh, why again? Like, And since, like you said, he'd been involved in every single one of these up until now, it seems kind of a weird time to be like, okay, let's, and I'm sure he probably was like, yeah, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. He's probably making money since he created the characters oh, and sure. all, but. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, exactly, so, but yeah, I just, it doesn't look like anything else, it's not like something exciting, I, I don't know, not that any of, you know, I, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed the movies, but I've never been, like, a big, like I said, Child's Play fan, you know, it's, it's an amusing, the fact that there was freaking seven movies before this is pretty impressive, so, yes, I know, like, the last one, I think, wasn't theatrically released, or the last two, I did see Brought of Chucky in the theater, I'll let you know, see <laughs> dude, that was when I was, like, Late high school, early college, where I would just see anything, that, and I like. I know we 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 do that now, but I'm talking for no reason, just because you know. Let's go to the movies. Um, yeah, so I think I saw those. I think I think I even had the CD soundtrack to Bride of Chucky. Wow, that's embarrassing. Um, anyways, in final piece or well, not final piece of news, but I wanted to just touch upon the uh, future of the DC Universe streaming service, which we've talked about on here a couple times. Things are not looking too good for it. First of all, we obviously had Disney announce that their service will be available for six ninety nine a month next year, or starting in November. And so currently, the DC one costs seven ninety nine a month. So and plus it has, let's say, ten percent of the content that Disney's going to have. So I think that uh, also the fact that Disney Plus is going to have stuff that's got a $100 million budget and stuff on their cinematic universe, while the DC universe 
original programming is pretty much, hey, it's the guys that did Arrow, and hey, it's Jeff Johns, and hey, Doom Patrol. Hey, it's Robin saying fuck Batman. <laughs> exactly. So I so but the thing that kind of um and they can't use any of the CW shows because they're tied up with Netflix and they're they can't even put Wonder Woman or, or Aquaman on there because they're tied up unless you want like really old stuff like hey I want to watch the seventy Shazam show or Lois and Clark you're kind of why are you paying seven ninety nine yes they added a bunch of comics I think like over a hundred I, I want to say ten thousand comics. That you can read from well, from the archives, which is nice. But again, is that worth the service? I don't know. But the kind of telling thing, the writing on the wall, is um, they were supposed so they're still supposed to do an animated Harley Quinn show and a live action Star Girl. But the Swamp Thing uh, show that just was been filming this month and into next month, so they could start it in June. Pretty much, they were told after. The tenth episode was done. That from the higher ups, that the show had been condensed to ten episodes, with none of the crew or directors or writers knowing about this until they showed up on set. So it was kind of an uh, interesting thing. There was lots of social media uh, posts and stuff, and it's not a good sign. So I'm starting to think that they're going to abandon this and probably merge it with a Warner Brothers over all-seeing streaming service, which wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. And sadly, I will say the good thing about the DC Universe streaming service is it has rebuilt the DC's relationship with their fans, like their fan base, because like Doom Patrol has been really good. Titans, I have not seen, but I have heard it got, it got really better even from that. But besides the stupid fuck Batman, like so, at least they've been making shows that had been content that the fans have been into. But this, uh, it, this could be the death knell of it. So we'll see. Uh, again, yeah. Disney just having that monopoly is uh, it's kind of hard for them to fight back. Not to say I'm defending them. I'm just saying so. You know, unless they update their price point or do something else, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in some of that stuff because the stuff they had coming down the pipe was what I was more yeah. interested in. Because like, I'm yeah. a huge fan of Courtney Whitmore slash Star Girl slash right. Star Spangled Kid number two. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it still may happen. We'll just see. I just that the writing on the wall doesn't look too good right now. So we'll see. And it's weird. It's like they're putting a Swamp Thing series on there, a new Swamp Thing live They can't put the old Swamp Thing series on there because Shout Factory owns the rights. They can't put the old movie because that isn't even wasn't even made by Warner Brothers, the Wes Craven one. So it's like, yeah. Well, let's it's, put it this way: it would have been much better as part of a larger Warner Brothers yes. streaming yeah. service that, yeah. like Disney's doing with theirs, where they've got all these different things all together exactly. instead of being so concentrated on just one niche. And even the niche they have, they can't put everything on. It's just so weird because of the deals that, you know, just, it's one of those things like maybe you should have thought that through a little better. But I mean, they're, they're, like you said, you're, you got the comics as part of the deal, which is kind of cool. Like, I can read all of JSA that you just mentioned, the Justice Society for just, which is, but again, yeah, I'm, I'm still not into that whole reading comics digitally, so we'll see. <laughs> That's the problem. So. All right. Well, and lastly, the biggest news of the episode, which uh, I heard people talking about this and speculating about it for hours on end. The new title of Star Wars Episode Nine is out, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker.
We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. Which I am, uh, as one of the people who actually did like The Last Last Jedi quite a bit, I really am going to be pissed off if they retcon that out to make a bunch of uh, screaming babies happy. Sure, it looks like that's the plan, yet the screaming babies are still bitching about this movie, uh, this trailer. So, not trying to get on a soapbox, but it's like, it looks like you're getting what you wanted, but they're still like, oh, most comments they've seen, and I know it's the internet, but they're like, fuck this, you know, fuck this bullshit, well, this movie looks awful, can't we just say that hopefully this movie will tank, and can we just, this makes the prequels look like, so wait, there looks like they're retconning everything that you hate about the last movie, but now you still not have, like, it's just, there's, it, Well, not I, only I, that, but Solo was basically the movie they were looking for, and they refused right. to go see that, because they didn't like Exactly, Jedi. so it's like, and so it's like, are they going to boycott this one too? Because even though they get with it, so it's just like, it, that's the problem when you start appeasing. When you start, if, if we're saying, this is a big if, because who knows, what we've seen is a trailer in the name. But if if they've done some sort of giant retcon, which I'm pretty sure it kind of seems like that by the scenes in the, by the name and by some of the stuff in the trailer, that there's going to be some sort of twist that shows that everything we learned in the last movie may not have been true, which is kind of bullshit because you think about it. Empire... You know, a lot of people, I'm sure, if there was an internet, would have been like, dude, there's no way that Vader is Luke's dad. He was probably just lying, and we'll find that out in the next movie. And it's like, nope, that was true. <laughs> like, you know I mean? Apparently, if you, like, go back and look at old star logs or whatever, yeah, from when Empire came out, people were really pissed off about the Han and Leia relationship because, really? like, they That's... thought that she and Luke should be together. <laughs> and... Kiss your sister, man. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> And that's going into another topic for two seconds. I always thought it was kind of weird, even at the end, even as a kid, where they get into Jedi and it's just like, by the way, Luke's your sister. And it's like, wait, that, I mean, I mean, Luke's your sister. <laughs> Whoops. Leia's your sister. And that just seems like such a weird drop in. And you can, and you go back and look, Luke has obviously never intended that. It was sort of like a, well, we're going to go with Han and Leia, so we need some way to make it. The, so it's like, it's just like they dropped it in there and it just doesn't ever really feel right and i know that it is what it is now but you're gonna appease piss people because like okay so it's called rise of skywalker so something either luke's not dead either ray's gonna be a skywalker something's well, gonna here here's my theory now Go keep in it. mind it doesn't fit the grammar but i'm yes. not the only person who's speculated on it skywalker might be the name for the new jedi order that okay. ray okay. begins Dude, they're gonna they're gonna hate that even more than the <laughs> you killed Luke, you killed Luke and this is what you do with his legacy. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's about okay. the only thing that makes sense okay. though, because I, unless you completely retcon the thing to make right. Ray a Skywalker, which would be terrible, then... right? Because so like either Luke didn't know or didn't tell her, or Kylo Ren just decided to randomly lie to her for no discernible reason. Or, or Han and Leia didn't know that they had twins. Exactly. Guess what? Which may, I have a feeling might be the way they're going, which is going to be even more awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would, so make even, it, that would make the least amount of sense. But other, other than that, all you've got is Leia, and you can't film new scenes with right. her. They're basically just using old footage to begin with. Ben, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, is the only other Skywalker. So unless uh, he rises and becomes the Empire Emperor and (laughs) takes over the galaxy and that's twist, 
That would be you know what? Hey, I would be okay with that if the, if that was like a dark ending, as opposed to the usual like, hey, we saved the galaxy, everything's happy. I mean, that you get extended, <laughs> but again, yeah, I don't. I mean, so let's let's get also talk about the elephant in the room, the laughing at the end of the trailer. What was your uh, reaction to the evil laughter at the end? Um, I wondered what the Joker was doing in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So, um, so why is Emperor Palpatine still alive, and why did they wait till the third movie to tell us this? And that makes Snoke even weirder, but... Right? It's just like, or is he... Unless they signed some way to show that that was who he was the whole time, and he was just basically laying low, and, like, that was... I, I don't know, they'd have to do a lot of work to, like, make it work. But, like you said, unless they do that, that really makes zero sense... And yes, in comics and novels, they've shown that Palpatine uh, did survive Jedi and was able to jump bodies using clone methods. So, yeah. so yeah. it wouldn't be the worst idea. And again, obviously, since the end of the last movie, there really was no big bad that anyone should be scared of. This isn't the worst idea in the world, but at the same time, you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting to make it work. So. <laughs> well, and here's my theory. Yep. At the end of Rise of Skywalker... We are not going to get answers to 90% of the mystery box <laughs> bullshit that J.J. Abrams put forth in Force Awakens. Wait, me just like Lost? <laughs> I never even watched Lost, but I pretty much know that's how it ended, where everyone was just like, what the fuck? That was the ending? We didn't learn anything. Yeah. So. I was okay with that with Lost, but Star Wars is not Lost, so... Oh, that's, I, I absolutely agree with there's a complete difference, but I'm just... Um, but yeah, it's it's just a weird thing where like the diehard fans are still not going to be happy no matter what. The other fans may now not be happy that like the last one, like me and you, and now you've kind of it's 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 a very interesting. I mean, the movie's going to make money regardless, but it's still a very interesting trailer. Looks good. I thought the trailer looks great. Everything was cool in it. The title is very disturbing, and the laughter is very disturbing. So I don't know. <laughs> so. Uh, well. I mean, before it, they announced it, my theory was going to be Star Wars Episode Nine, yet another Death Star. So <laughs> this time it's even bigger. <laughs> you just keep making it bigger. This and bigger. time it blows up all the planets. <laughs> it's a galaxy destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we're having way too fun with that. Anyways, so why don't we move on to other trailers? Speaking of trailers. And now, here's a preview of the action-adventure hit that grossed $45 million at the box office. Coming soon to a theater near you. Now, if I can only just find a balcony. Yeah. It's a nice segue. So here's one that I thought was a parody trailer, because literally <laughs> some 20-something teen show actors... Did this as a joke on Funny or Die or something. <laughs> Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Yeah, they did. I totally forgot about that. That's what I started laughing. I don't know. You know the jungle. It's a part of you. But exploring is not a game. And you don't look before you leap. We're on to something big, Dora. An ancient city made of gold. Parapata. And your mother and I are going to prove it. And me. I'm sorry, sweetie, you're not going. What? 
being in the city around kids your own age, like Diego, might help. So you're gonna get invited to some of these parties called raves. The music sounds like this. Go get it! Be careful. That's what we want to say. Why? I don't know. Why are they doing this? Um, I don't know either. It's it it's doesn't so make weird. any sense. It, it, like you, I think you told me. Like I thought it was like a. I thought it was a parody. It's this weird like. Whoa, we're really doing that? Oh, 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 okay. Um, yeah, live action adaptation continuation of Dora the Explorer. Where Dora this, and Diego are both in their late teens. And you've got like, stuff like Danny Trejo as Boots the Monkey. Was he always the Boots the Monkey voice? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. And ben Benicio, <coughs> Del Toro, Benicio Del Toro as Swiper the Fox. <laughs> like what so yeah it's it's fucking bonkers man i don't i don't fucking know and you got james bowman who i believe did what the two muppet movies and mm -hmm. alice through the looking glass which did not do good yeah it's just it, he doesn't even seem like the one you pick either it's just it's just a weird fucking thing like yeah yeah i don't i don't understand i don't understand <laughs> so. yeah it's such a strange idea for a movie, and yes, I think somebody saw that parody trailer and right, said, well, like, oh, fuck it, let's just do it for real. <laughs> Eva Lingoria as her mother, Michael Pena as her father, oh my lord. This, this cast is, is, is just hilarious. But yeah, uh, she has to save her parents and solve the impossible mystery behind the lost Inca civilization. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. <sighs> And it's um, coming out in July. Like, I thought it was coming yeah. out in, like, two years. Like, I thought it was, like, a teaser. And it's like, nope, this movie's coming out in, like, three months. <laughs> maybe it's because we don't watch Nickelodeon. I don't know. Could be. Uh, maybe, uh, yes, we're probably not the target audience for it. But still, I don't know. Maybe maybe this was, like, announced a long time ago and we just didn't know about it. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of things that I wish were not real, <laughs> I, I kind of thought Dave Bautista was sort of following Dwayne Johnson's career path, but maybe making slightly better choices. Like, instead of Doom, he made Riddick, which True. is a better shoot-em-up horror film. But here he's kind of falling into the same path of making what looks like a terrible children's comedy oh, yeah. with My Spy. I'm just not that good with people. But there is one thing I'm good at. The mission was to find out what they knew, but that's kind of difficult now that you killed everyone. I just don't think you're cut out for the intelligence. This is your last shot. How's school going? Oh my god. You have jelly all over your face. I'm definitely posting that on Insta. Is it too late to homeschool me? Are you CIA? How'd you get in here? Oh, okay, she has a camera. She might be streaming. If Kim finds out we got made by a nine-year-old, my career's over. What's the option? Kill her. Make it look like an accident. Yeah, maybe the stairs. What? Wow, still recording. Yeah, well, Batista's officially all in on movies now because he's had his last match, and boy, did he look bad at WrestleMania. So uh, hopefully he does better in the movies than he did in wrestling. Just, I feel bad because he's 50 years old, and it's like, dude hadn't wrestled since 2014. He probably should have just stayed retired. But anyways, I digress. This movie does look pretty bad. And he, I mean, he's going to be in, like, the new Dune and stuff, so, like, he's a good actor, and I think... Mm -hmm. 
Well, he I used just, in Blade Runner 2049. He's yeah, great in the it, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Right. I mean, it, he's got the acting chops. It's just like, why would you, like you said, why would you pick this? Hopefully this will just be like a quick burn. No one will notice it or care about it. But yeah, it just seems like something that you wouldn't exactly be like, yeah, this is the next movie I want to make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 maybe it'll be better than The Tooth Fairy, but I'm not putting money on it. <laughs> what was the other one The Rock did where uh, the game plan or whatever with the little girl and he's the football player? Uh, what yeah, was the one like, that Vin Diesel did where he was the... Oh, <laughs> the pacifier. Yes. <laughs> Nothing's as bad as the pacifier, man. Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel. Well, not, that's all I'm going to say. That dude is Vin Diesel. God bless him. Uh, all right. And finally this evening, yes. another thing that feels like an April Fool's Day prank that got out of hand and they just decided, fuck it, we'll release the footage as a movie. The Dead Don't Die. In this peaceful town, on these quiet streets, something terrifying... Something horrifying is coming. Excuse me, we're closed. Get away from me! What the hell was it? A wild animal? This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. I thought this was again not a real movie, and I'm like, wait, Bill Murray's in this, and, and oh, you got Kylo Ren. And, uh, okay, I mean, what this director? You said they've all worked as director. For, I don't remember what else he's done. Was it? Well, Jim Jarmusch is yeah. like one of those indie directors who's been around for decades. Right, he's done all sorts of really low key dramas and comedy dramas, and never really anything that is drop-dead funny or even close to what I would say the tone of this is. Right. So That's why it kind of like, oh, is this someone, like, directing this that I know? It's like, no, like, you're right, he's done, like, just, like, broken flowers I I know of, but, like, it's nothing Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. He's been directing music, he said... Early eighties. I mean, this this looks like a weird movie, but it does look kind of funny. I mean, yeah. it's got Bill Murray, Adam Driver as these two police officers, but you've got Chloe Sevigny, you got Tilda Swinton, who looks like Kill Bill in this movie. Here. <laughs> you got Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover. I mean, Iggy Pop, it's zombie Rizza is in there. You got Selena Gomez. It's just like this weird smorgasbord of like Rosie Perez. It's, you got this weird like giant smorgasbord of like random actors and actresses that you wouldn't Tom Waits is in it like, it's just like it looks very deadpan it looks yeah. funny I, I will definitely check it out despite the fact that I'm not a fan of zombie movies at this point and I'm sick to death of them but I was just gonna, they keep say, putting out interesting like ones yeah I was gonna say it seems like it's trying to do something at least different with zombies, but I'm still so sick of zombie movies. That's the problem. It's like I'm watching it going, this could be good, but man, I'm really sick of zombie movies. <laughs> That's the only problem. But yeah, it definitely, I mean, anything with Bill Murray as this lead you know, actor would be good, but it's like, yeah, a lot of it's just like, well, okay. And again, 
like I said, I'm not a fan. I don't know the director or anything. I've never seen anything he's written or directed, so I'm not like a fan. So that, but I'll definitely check it out. But yeah, it looks um, it looks interesting. And again, it's one of those things that came out of nowhere. I think it, it de- it's going to debut at Cannes first, but it's coming out in June. So one of those things. It's like they just kind of dropped in, out of nowhere. So yeah. All right, Brian. I know that you said that we're in for slim pickings this week, but why don't you go <laughs> so, ahead and hit us with the new release wall? So do you have any new movies in? Ask your video dealer about these hit titles. Yeah, so I got some news updates, and then we'll, we'll go through the releases for May, which, again, like Kent just said, are pretty slim pickings. But first of all, Warner Archives announced their May releases. They're releasing The Prisoner of Second Avenue, which is a movie that I've never seen and really know not much not. But nothing about, but apparently Sylvester Stallone is in it as a pickpocket in like a two-second role. <laughs> but um, Brandy remastered the film for those of you who are into it. I think it became it came out in 1975, so it was before I was alive. Um, obviously, two movies I have heard of and seen, Shaft's Big Score and Shaft's, uh, Shaft in Africa are making their Blu-ray debut. Brand new remasters. No special features, brand new remasters. And finally, The Golden Arrow, which is something that came out in 1962, which is another movie that I really don't know much about. So those are the Warner archive releases for may other two announcements it's pretty much warner brothers heavy this week we've got the batman original four batman films are heading to 4k blu-ray which first of all they have the most god-awful packaging design i've ever seen like it's just like we're gonna take a white background and just superimpose the actors over it but we're going to and this is in their press release but i think it's fucking hilarious we're going to use the um, colors reminiscent of the 1980s and 80s and 90s to make stunning glossy retro covers, and it's like, no, you really didn't. <laughs> you, you really didn't. <laughs> it just looks like you look. It just looks like shit, honestly. Um, <laughs> like I would have just taken the movie posters over this, but yeah, it's just really gaudy, and it's just. But uh, the good news is, with me at least, um, it would be different if you're just getting the same Blu-rays that you already have because I don't have a 4K player. But the each feature film that is being remastered for 4K is also coming with, is a underline in the press release with caps and underline, digitally remastered Blu-ray as well. So that is kind of a, especially for me, for the original Batman movie, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, something I'd want to get. Because, I mean, the last Blu-ray releases they did weren't bad, but they weren't anything that were spectacular. Now, each of them are going to be released individually on June 4th. Or you can wait for a four-disc collection that will be available September 17th, and maybe they'll have better covers then. Um, there's also rumors of a Steelbook sort of collection coming out then as well, so you may want to wait on it. I just pre-ordered the first one because it's the first Batman movie that I've ever seen. They also will collectively include all 17 hours of previously released extras, which are actually probably the best extras Warner Brothers ever did on like a big release because they when they put out that box set in the, the late 2000s, they really did. They got everyone involved, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher, everyone to do commentaries and, and documentaries, and there's it's just overflowing with special features. So if you are interested, good for you. If not, it's now I believe this means that every Batman movie except the 1966 Batman movie have been put on 4K now, which is kind of interesting. So, Which, of course, should have been the first one. <laughs> right, but, you know. Well, and, and, of course, Mask of the Phantasm. 
Oh, yes, Mask of the Year. You're right. I, I was thinking live action, but you're absolutely right. Uh, Mask of Phantasm as well. Um, did, uh, did Batman Lego movie get put on 4K? Yes. Oh, okay. I, I believe you might you might be right. You might uh, let me do a double check on that quickly as we do this and leave it live silently. It has been yes. Okay, it's on 4K. But yeah, so you're right. The Mask of the Phantasm and the original Batman from 1966 would be the only ones that are missing, which is kind of surprising. It's a lot quicker than I thought they'd get these on 4K. Moving on, Ken, a movie that you I had asked you about because I've never seen it, but I know you might be you're 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 a pretty good fan of Wallace and Gromit. I think so. Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the Were Rabbit, which actually came out way back in 2005, is finally being released by Universal on Blu-ray for purchase on June 4th with audio commentary with the writer and directors, deleted scenes, a bunch of featurettes. So yeah, I, I remember getting really good reviews, and I could have sworn it was on Blu-ray, and yeah, it just never was put on Blu-ray. It's one of those weird things where, like, at that time they weren't obviously Blu-ray didn't come out until two thousand seven, but it's one of those things they never put this movie on Blu-ray. It's just kind of a weird thing to like wait this long, and be like, oh, now we're putting it out. So yeah. um, basically, Universal seems to come out with a few catalog titles every month, and they're they always yeah. seem pretty random, and a lot of them just show up at Best Buy. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of a, a weird uh, thing for me. And um, finally, we've got the, the biggest news for last because you and I already freaked out about this before we started recording. So Sony Pictures has announced that it will celebrate the 35th anniversary of Ivan Reitman's iconic comedy classic Ghostbusters with a brand new 4K Steelbook edition, which also includes the 30th anniversary edition of Ghostbusters 2. Now, these both come out, or they, this comes out June 11th, all in one package. The films are fully restored from the respective original camera negative and presented on 4K Blu-ray. Blu the Blu-rays are also sourced from their 4K restorations. Now, this is the big thing that's like, okay, great, because they were already on 4K before. I have the Blu-rays, but... It will include a never-before-seen special features disc with more than two hours of long-requested rare archival elements, including never-before-seen deleted scenes from the first film, along with returning interviews, effects, breakdowns, multi-angle explorations. Both films will also feature brand-new commentaries featuring the filmmakers on Ghostbusters 2 and passionate fans on Ghostbusters 1. That one doesn't excite me as much. But let's break down the new features. So here's here's what you get on the new Blu-ray that is included in this set, which makes me want to buy it. Um, you get uh, the fan commentary on the original Ghostbusters, like I said. I, there are a bunch of the interdimensional crossword podcast, Ghost, uh, Ghostbusters prop replica expert, Great, not something that would make me want to buy the Blu-ray or the set. But you get six rare and newly unearthed deleted scenes, including the long-requested Fort Detmering scenes. I have no idea what that means, Kent, but apparently those are long-requested. I have no idea what those are. Uh, raw takes for the Central Park bum sequence that has never been seen before, which were those pretty much that whole scene that was pretty much trimmed. A 1984 Show West exhibitor reel featuring Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd pitching an early reel of footage to theatrical exhibitors, which is actually really cool. Full Ghostbusters TV commercial from the film, which they only use part of in the film. Ghostbusters TV commercial outtakes. Um, the A Moment with the Stars, the original uh, EPK feature from 1984 that was never on any of the Blu-rays or DVDs. Original domestic teaser trailer, which surprisingly they only had the, the regular trailer, never did the teaser trailer. Uh, also, the original stereo audio for the feature. I guess some people would want that. I don't know why. 
Um, and for Ghostbusters 2, commentary featuring director Ivan Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, and the executive producer Joe Medjuk, which is brand new. Uh, this is interesting to me. The Oprah Winfrey Show cast of Ghostbusters 2, June 1989, which I, they've got everyone there, and it's pretty interesting. Again, I was not watching Oprah Winfrey at that time, nor ever, but that's kind of cool to have. Full Ghostbusters 2 theatrical EPK featurette, which has never been on at least on DVD or, or Blu-ray or 4K. Uh, rare unfinished teaser trailer featuring the full commercial from the film. Again, something that they never really finished. And um, finally, from the Ghostbusters car- real Ghostbusters cartoon, not an episode, but an actual pitch concept pilot that has never been seen before. They used to pitch the, the network's the actual cartoon with a fan restoration because apparently the animation was mid-80s and had gone through some tough time, but they actually, one film a fan actually restored it and sent it to Sony and they're actually using it in the, so, man, that Blu-ray of Special Features makes me really want to rebuy these movies. <laughs> uh, plus, you get all the Special Features from the original Blu-rays on the, in which are numerous, I'm not going to name them all because we both own them, and obviously you get both movies in 4K, which have already been released, but as you said, Kent, off the air, God, those box art was awful for those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that comes out June 11th. It is a pretty high price point right now on Amazon, which is the only reason I'm not pre-ordering right now, but man, they did a really good job of trying to make me rebuy two movies I already own <laughs> on Blu-ray. <laughs> Um, but, uh, as far as the actual week by week releases for May, let's go through those. And like I said, not, there's not too much for May 7th. We've got Lego movie Two, the second part. You know how we feel about that. If you listen to our episode of Isle of the Dam, that's on 4k and Blu-ray Black Hawk Down makes its debut on 4k Hellboy Two: the golden army makes its debut on 4k, which is better than the current Hellboy. Probably if you want to watch a Hellboy movie on 4k <laughs> backdraft 4k, uh, is coming out because God knows we need a firefighter backdraft movie. I don't think I've ever seen backdraft. I just remember just remember seeing it on TV as a kid. Forrest Gump makes his debut on Blu- uh, 4K. That's pretty much for May 7th, so May 14th. A couple stuff I'll be picking up this day, but Cold Pursuit is not one of them. <laughs> Fighting with My Family, I'll be picking that up. Happy Death Day to You, I'll be picking that up. The last John Carpenter movie, Ghost of Mars, which is a terrible movie, but it's finally getting an uh, official Blu-ray release. Field of Dreams 4K for the first time, and Ken, I know a favorite movie of yours, I'm being sarcastic, the 1998 Godzilla movie is coming to 4K. (laughs) (laughs) But the only thing I think that ever survived that movie was that Green Day song that was on the soundtrack. (laughs) That's the the only thing that survived that movie. Then moving on to May 21st, like we said, Slim Pickens, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World on 4K and Blu-ray. I believe that's the third movie, right, Kent? That's the newest one, Yes, and it was very good. Yeah, so I was going to say, you remember you saying that. So that that it's not called 3, but it's the newest one. So it's the, it is the new How to Train Your Dragon. Crank 4K, which I'm debating picking up because it's a fun movie. No Crank 2, but just because I guess Crank 2 was filmed in not anything that's usable for 4K. So apparently they can only put the first one on 4K, which is interesting to me. Um, that movie Earthquake is coming to Blu-ray from first time, which is a classic flick. Finally, we're moving to May 28th, and again, Slim Pickens, that famous Blue Velvet movie that I've never seen and probably still will never see. <laughs> it's going to Blu-ray to Collector's Edition. Night of the Creeps is getting re-released by Shout Factory with a bunch of new special features. 
but I don't know if it's worth it. But I do love me that movie. Uh, can't I forget? You seen Night of the Creeps, right? Oh hell yeah! Yeah. So the lots of new special features supposedly are coming to be announced for that. So I'm debating. I don't know if I want to double dip, but Chuck Factor does usually go good with their special features. So uh, and that is that is a, a film that I am a big big fan of. If you've never seen it, pick up the original Blu-ray that's out now and. You can probably get it pretty cheap, and it's it's a great movie. So, yeah, that's really it for May. It's not much coming out. That pretty much does it for the month of May for, like, big releases. So why don't we move on well, to... I think, uh, yeah, what all oh, have you picked up? This yeah, month? I was going to say. So I've gone through... I think I say this every show. Brian has a buying problem. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> every show, it's like, well, I bought more stuff. So this one needs the explanation. This actually needs an explanation because you're like, what the hell? So Kent, you're a little older than me, but I don't know. Did you, did you ever? Did you watch Animaniacs growing up, or were you not of that age? Of, I you- didn't have the station, but okay. I, I've seen some. Of course, I was a Pinky and the Brain fan. But okay, so that's where they started out. But okay, so. I saw a thing online the other day. There's a podcast now that the guy that that portrayed Pinky, the voice actor, has a voice as a podcast now, and he he's having all different voice actors on. And they they were talking about Animaniacs. They had the guy that wrote all the songs on there, who also wrote a bunch of episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Randy Rogel it just brought back so many good memories of Animaniacs. And I you know I didn't see a lot of it, but I, I was a little too old for it. But it it was. Such a great show that just parried everything and it was really pushed the envelope for, for kids programming. And I was like, you know what? I know they put out a, box, uh, a couple of box sets years ago of the volumes, but I don't think they ever finished it. So I never realized in October they put out the complete series, it basically put everything together. And it, it was on sale on Amazon, so I bought that. No, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it, but I bought it. <laughs> uh, I picked up the Bumblebee Steelbook from Best Buy at the beginning of the month. I also picked up Malibu Express and Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which we have mentioned before, and um, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, which we'll be reviewing on Isle of the Dam next time. Bill and Ted's excellent collection. Uh, Shout Factory's having another sale, and I was like, man, I really want. I don't own those Bill and Ted movies. How do I not own them? And this one has <laughs> a third bonus disc with like two hours of special features. Okay, I'm 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 sold. So I got that, and I had pre-ordered Cuffs, which is the greatest movie no one's ever seen with Christian Slater and Mila Jolovich, which isn't supposed to come out until April 30th, but because I pre-ordered it, Shout Factory sent it to me two weeks early, and so I got that. And last but not least. If you follow me on Facebook, you may have seen me asking the other day about things I wanted to. I wanted to rewatch a TV show. Between it was like Scrubs, Buffy, many different shows, and uh, so I started doing some research on Scrubs. And I have Netflix, and it's on Hulu now, and I also have Hulu. And man, they stripped that show dead of all its music because of the stupid rights issue. And some people will probably say it doesn't matter. It's the show's still the same. I love the songs that they used in that show a lot, and there's a lot of moments that I can't picture with different music. So I went on Amazon and bought the DVD sets. <laughs> they did put season eight on Blu-ray, which was that weird experiment that Disney tried to do at the end because they're like, "Well, it's a lot. It's the last season. Oh, it's not the last season, but it didn't sell well, so they never went back and put the other." So, but I got them all. On That's DVD the one with DVD. Franco, right? Uh, no, that was season nine, actually. Oh. 
Yeah. So season eight was supposed to be the end, and it actually ends really nice. And then they're like, oh, no, we're going to do another half season. And it was like, okay. And that's when they kind of rebooted the show, and most of the main cast only did cameos. It was kind of one of those things where you probably just don't want to watch it and pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) There's still some good stuff, but it's not – it's not up to the par of the rest of the show. But anyways, you can – I didn't realize, like, people don't buy DVDs. Like, you can get brand new the seasons of Scrubs for, like, under $10 each. And I'm like – I remember when these were, like, $30, $20, So I bought those. I, I had already owned season three. And I don't know where I got it from. But uh, I picked up the rest of the seasons because I can't stop buying things. Okay, Kevin, what did you buy? <laughs> well, I had a pretty heavy month as well. Uh, as far as the big new releases go, I did pick up – Aquaman and Bumblebee, as well as Justice League versus the Fatal Five. I'm looking forward to talking about that one. Got the rest of my Amazon UK order from a while back. I got Beat Girl with uh, Christopher Lee, as well as some more Jackie Chan stuff that you can't get in High Def in America. So I got Eureka's Project A set, as well as Wheels on Meals <laughs> with Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung. I did take part in the Warner Archives sale, picked up Suspicion, the Seahawk, Gun Crazy, the Giant Behemoth, and Dracula AD 1972, which is one of the Hammer Dracula films with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Speaking of which, I also picked up The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires from Shout Factory, also part of that series, except it's the one where they add Kung Fu. So, <laughs> I am looking forward to that one. Mill Creek released their first two Annie Sedaris ones, and I also got Malibu Express and Hard Ticket to Hawaii. And as far as just random other things, uh, I picked up Redline Sheena from the VHS thing. I, I always thought it was Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, but I guess it's just Sheena. Yeah, same. Yeah, just, just Sheena, which is... I, I, I always thought the same. I think because there was either a TV show or an older movie that had the full name. Maybe I'm wrong. but yeah. mm. Maybe it's like Logan. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I also got The Day the Earth Caught Fire, which is a BFI release. I just, on a whim, decided to pick up Hell Baby, so I'll see if that's any good. And... To complement the Street Fighter collection I picked up from Shout Factory, I picked up Arrow's Sister Street Fighter collection, which is actually four movies as opposed to the three in the original Street Fighter. It's supposed to be a spinoff, except that the character in Sister Street Fighter is not the sister of the character from Street Fighter, and Sonny Chiba is in it as a different character. But they're very stylized. I'm looking forward to watching those and seeing what the difference is in. Plus, it has a fourth unrelated movie that was, again, sort of like a soft reboot with different characters. So I'll uh, report back on that one when I get them watched. Okay, Brian, uh, let's go ahead and hit the return slot. I have to return some videotapes. What have you been watching? So, as I mentioned in the bot segment, I did purchase the Bill and Ted collection, and I rewatched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the first time in quite a while, as along with Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And man, do I love those movies, especially the first one. <laughs> it's such a fun, fun movie, and I, it, it's weird that it, it's it's 
pretty amazing when you think about how that movie caught on and spawned. Uh, you know, we were talking about before, you know, we were on the air, you know, a Marvel comic series, a TV serial, action figures, a cartoon. And, like, because the, the first movie, it could have just came out, and, and I don't think they expected it to do well. And you, you watch it, and, like, this movie made quite a bit of money in its day to the point where they, they greened a sequel immediately and put it on the, the fast track. And I think that's the only thing with Bogus Journey, as I do like it, it does seem a little bit rushed, and you can tell that there's not exactly the best sequel. But I do enjoy it for what it is. And uh, But both those movies, man, just... Fun, fun, fun movies that um, I do enjoy now having on Blu-ray. Because I, I never even had them on DVD. I never had them on anything. I don't remember the cartoon as much, though. I know that's out there. Or I came up with one of the other sets. But I, I, I heard that there was, like, two different seasons. Or one season had the actual actors from the movie. And then one season had, like, a bunch of other people that they brought in for cheaper money. <laughs> I did briefly, I should say, watch half of Malibu Express, which... Just want to comment on the um, restoration that they've done with these movies. And uh, as Kent, I think, mentioned, yeah, it was again before the show. We talked about a lot of talking before the show. Um, <laughs> that it was done by a different, it was done by, uh, was it the American? Um, the American Genre Film Archive. Yeah, like, because, you know, Mill Creek usually puts out movies with pretty bad transfers. Like, the, the no offense, Kent, but the Sheena transfer, like, is getting, like, like got like one star on blu-ray.com because it's just like it's it's block it's blotchy and it's not good and blah 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 but like these look like they're like brand new movies they look amazing these movies were low budget movies in the 1980s and they look fantastic or at least malibu express does i haven't checked hard to hawaii which is really good news for stuff like that i did watch cuffs as well and cuffs again another movie that shout factory didn't really have to put out because it's a pretty much unknown movie but uh, again it, the transfer's pretty good, and it's a, it's enjoyable, stupid movie that has the exact same composer of Beverly Hills Cop. So if you hear the same, almost the same theme with a bunch of notes changed, it's because that's why. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but other than that, I've watched Justice League Fatal versus Fatal Five that Kent said. We'll talk about that on Isle of the Damned. And I think that is it. I watched a couple of things on Netflix, but nothing that I wrote down. And oh, I, dude, I watched Silent Rage. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I'm so sorry. Thank you for that present. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a present that will keep on giving forever. Now, um, you weren't kidding, dude. That movie. Oh my god, it's like it's fucking in slow motion. I felt like it was underwater or something. I don't know. It's it just, wow. Yeah, can't say I recommend it, but it's definitely worse. It's worth a watch once. <laughs> it's like, man, even boobs don't help in that movie. No, it's like, I want this movie to end quickly as possible. It's, like, it's like, man, this was like supposed to be the high, like Chuck Norris. Like, man, this is how did anyone think he was a marketable movie star after this movie? But uh, yeah, so I watched that. But I mean, it, again, it, it's it's a fun movie to to check out. But yeah, no, no, it doesn't hold up exactly well. It's pretty bad. But Ken, what have you what have you watched? Uh, well, I had some friends over and we watched one of our double features again, which nice. uh, hopefully. I'll be able to do another episode of Going in Blind about, but we watched One Cut of the Dead. Now, if you don't want to know about this, which I do not recommend listening to this if you have any intention of watching it, but I'll go ahead and give you a quick synopsis of it. Brian, put your fingers in your ears. <laughs> okay. I said, put your fingers in your ears. All right, all right. All right. So, uh, basically, what we have is it starts out with 
a, a camera crew making a zombie film in a warehouse in the middle of nowhere, and suddenly real zombies start attacking. And I don't want to ruin anything more than that. Like, I feel like I'm already telling you too much because there's so much... It's such a different film than you expect given that description right there. So... Uh, but yet it does start with a 37-minute one-shot take uh, where the entire thing is done without breaks. Uh, and, man, it, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's great. The other one that I watched, and there was a little bit of a problem with the DVD, uh, so un unfortunately there's kind of an issue, but Yo-Yo uh, Girl Cop. I was disappointed in how little yo-yoing there was, but it is a girl who becomes a undercover officer in the style of 21 Jump Street, and her main weapon is a yo-yo. And at one point, she does put on some sort of a leather outfit, and the whole thing was silly, but not quite silly enough, especially since a lot of it, uh, a lot of the plot involved teenage suicide bombers. So, oh. it's a really okay, weird <laughs> Japanese flick. Uh, Rewatched Adventures in Babysitting. I know I've talked about that movie before. It's my favorite of the John Hughes knockoffs. Still really enjoy it. I watched another old Jackie Chan flick called To Kill with Intrigue. And I'm going to be honest, the plot is completely untangleable. It's... Very strange, but it's also fun to watch. It's in the more in the vein of the Shaw Brothers type of kung fu you would see, where it's very old fashioned in terms of. Uh, it's uh, set in the the distant past, and there's a lot of wire work and things like that. So it's different from your usual Jackie Chan movie, and it, it's interesting for that reason. Watch the Giant Behemoth, which. If you're not familiar, The Giant Behemoth is a film that was directed by Eugene Lorry, who also made The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms with special effects by Ray Harryhausen. Essentially, he remade his own movie and did it not as well. <laughs> Mostly, this one's known for having Willis O'Brien contribute to the special effects, he didn't actually do all of them or anything, and the special effects themselves, not great, but it's an old-fashioned giant monster movie. In this case, it's the monster smashes through London, so it kind of reminded me of the uh, the old Lost World uh, adaptation that Willis O'Brien also worked on. The Warner Archive release like a lot of their releases, doesn't have a lot of extras on it, but it does have a commentary by a couple of special effects artists, one of which is Phil Tibbet, who you'll probably remember worked on Star Wars. I, oh, I think he's the one who did the holographic chess set animation. And also from Warner Archive, I watched The Seahawk, which is an old Errol Flynn swashbuckler. In this case, he is one of the uh, privateers that was attacking the Spanish fleets trying to steal gold and it, it the actual plot kind of reminds me of Ben-Hur in a lot of ways but 
it was sort of retrofitted into a World War II propaganda film, sort of, where the, in the end the Queen is talking about freedom and all this stuff that she probably didn't give a crap about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's interesting about this one is it's one of the Warner titles where they include the Night at the Movies thing with uh, Leonard Malton, where they will include like a newsreel and a short subject Mm -hmm. and a cartoon with it as well. And, and some trailers. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. It is pretty cool. I, you know what I watched the first time? What's that? Romancing the stone. Oh, how was that? I've never seen it, but I've always heard good things about it. It's a lot of fun. It is very much inspired by the same stuff as Indiana Jones, but it feels completely different from that in part because it's a light breezy romantic comedy, but not in a way that ever feels insulting. Now, of course, being an eighties film, the score hasn't necessarily (laughs) uh, aged all that well, considering it's got all those tasty sax licks in them. But (laughs) Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner are both really good in it. The script is good. Danny DeVito's good. It's definitely worth watching if you have not seen that one. I'm going to have to check out Jewel of the Nile here soon. Saw a, uh, I think it was a Belgian film that Kino Lorber released that came out in Europe a, a year or two ago called Let the Corpses Tan, which is supposed Ooh. to be kind of a take on the spaghetti westerns of the 60s. And visually, I can see it. Didn't end up really being that big of a fan of it. It was alright, but um, I can't say I recommend it too much unless you're really wanting to see the visuals. And lastly, I rewatched Slither for the first time since yes. the theater and holds up beautifully. Wonderful film. I. Absolutely love the characters in it, especially the despicable ones for some reason, because there are some <laughs> nasty characters. But <laughs> that reminds me, uh, this is just not a, I didn't mean to interrupt, I'm totally interrupting you, but because uh, you made me think of James Gunn. Remember that awful movie, uh, movie 43 or 41, whatever that movie was with all the skits that came out like 10 years ago that bombed and no one saw it? Yeah, I didn't realize it had Hugh Jackman with balls on his chin or something. Yes, I didn't realize that James Gunn did did one of those skits in there, wrote wrote, and directed one of the script. It it was the one with that crazy cat, cartoon cat, and it had Elizabeth Banks and someone else in it. And I had it on TV, and it's like watching the end credits, and it's like written this segment, I'm like, wow, James Gunn, I didn't realize that. So something that James Gunn did that I never realized, but just thought that. So, anyways, yeah, continue. I never saw it, so I don't know. It's maybe I'll perfect. look up that segment on YouTube. Cause it's, on that, yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. People look up. Yeah, it's or YouTube just to find that segment. It's worth watching, but the rest of it, not so much. Yeah, because every time I hear somebody talk about that, they're like, "Well, there's one part that's kind of funny, and the rest of it's terrible." And funnily yeah. enough, it's like the one skit that people like tends to be different for each person. I, yeah, like there's 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 the superhero speed dating, which 
I thought was kind of funny, but maybe because Christian Bell's in it. But like, then there's other ones that people are like, oh, I like the one with Stifler and Johnny Knoxville and the Leprechaun, and I'm just like, what? And then there's people, yeah, there's like, like, it's just there's, like the one with McLovin in it. Like, there's just random people in the, that movie. That's like, again, I don't know. That movie was so weird at the time, and it's still kind of weird. Like, there's yeah, most movies. Sorry, we're going to do a review of this movie now, but no, yeah, it's, just very <laughs> fun. it's not. You're right. There's like one funny skit, pretty much, maybe two. <laughs> Well, yeah, as far as Slither goes, the release from Shout Factory, really great. Nathan Fillion really should have starred in more movies. I mean, it's great that he was in Firefly and Castle and all. I, I haven't seen The Rookie, but, but it yeah, looks yeah. like it's pretty by the numbers. And Greg Henry, under the name Jack McReady, <laughs> as in... <laughs> As in Kurt Russell's character from The Thing as the mayor in the film is just, he might be my favorite part where he's talking, like screaming, and the people being walked around like skin cars and Brenda blowing up like water balloon. Now there's no fucking goddamn Mr. Pib. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh man yeah I'm I'm definitely a fan of that movie I'm gonna have to keep that in rotation I think and not let so uh, as long go by without watching it again <laughs> yeah uh, oh it also contains the infamous uh, line uh, like finding a needle in a fuck stack so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, man. Good stuff. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of Block Bastards. We hope you've enjoyed it. You can find us on Facebook at Isle of the Damned. You can find my artwork on Facebook as well at TNT Key Studios. You can find us on Twitter at Isle of the Dam. No ED. And you can find us on Instagram. I'm Kent Ramone. He's Xander Harris. To Seven, nine, eight, one. Nine. Nine. Okay. <laughs> if yeah, anyone that. didn't know, it's my birthday. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I never remember no. his birthday. So, no, no, I'm joking. I don't expect you to remember the random number. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, we will see you Yours in a couple of seven. weeks. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're going to have Avengers Endgame. We're going to have the other big oh superhero team with Justice League versus the Fatal Five and a return to more or less the JLU universe. We're going to have Laika's newest with Missing Link. We're going to have a reboot of Hellboy, and we'll probably have some more, too. So go ahead, catch us then. Woo! Remember, great entertainment awaits you. Weekends and weekdays. You didn't think it was a remake, even though it kills one of the characters a second right. time? Yeah. <laughs>